Hi, and welcome to Hope Chapel. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to see you at a worship service, so if you'd like to join us, services happen every Sunday at 10 a.m. Also, we've made this sermon available for you for free, but hope you consider giving some sort of donation. If you'd like to include us in your tithe or just give a one-time gift to the church, go to hopechapellongbeach.com slash give. Please uh, join me today in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 15. And this is uh, entitled in my Bible, The Warning of the Prophet Azariah. Verse 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa. Now Asa was a good king in Judah. And in the north, the, the kingdom was divided, the kingdom of Israel from the kingdom of Judah in the south. The tribes Judah and Benjamin remaining faithful, but they had many wicked kings in the northern kingdom. And uh, so there's some good news here in this passage. He went out to meet Asa, a good king, a righteous king. If you read a little bit uh, forward about Asa, the wonderful things that he did, in, in chapter 14, verse 2, and Asa did that was, that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Isn't that refreshing? Yes. Especially if you, you know, the, consider the situation of the day to have a good king that was righteous before God. And his righteousness took a very aggressive action toward ridding the land of Israel of idols. And it, it you can, uh, in your private time, please read that story of good King Asa. So here's this prophet with the spirit of the Lord upon him. He went out to meet Asa, verse 2, and said to him, Hear, hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and all Benjamin. And, of course, that's the, that's the southern kingdom there. The Lord is with you while you be with him. So we, we see there's two sides of this, this sword, right? Of a relation, a relationship with God, okay? And I want to speak today about how you can be sure that the Lord is with you. Now, the kingdoms of darkness, we know, we sang about it today, have set themselves up in battle array against us uh, we sang about not the the gates of hell prevailing against us but we sang not coming against us but we sang about us taking it to the gates of hell uh, we do not fight this battle with flesh and blood we do not wrestle with flesh and blood but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal flesh and blood but Spiritual, mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, and that means the kingdom of darkness setting itself up against us, and, and in a sense saying, you go no farther in, in your walk with Christ. It stops here. And trying to set us back, trying to intimidate, if you will, Satan will try to distract 
make us pay attention to him. He, he's a proud spirit and he wants to be paid attention to in his works. But the Bible says the gates of hell, this fortified kingdom of darkness will not prevail against the activity, the, the uh, onward Christian soldier who marches against it. it. It's going to rattle and roll and fall. And how you can be sure you're going up against such a strong enemy here and Christ with Christ behind you, right? His royal banner, like the song. Christ is with you. He's coming with you. And even in the coming of the kingdom of God, it says he comes with ten thousands of his saints. What? To do what? To vanquish evil forever. So I'm excited about that, and I'm ready to get started early, aren't you? (laughs) To take it to the kingdom of darkness and punch Satan in the jaw. One of those, one of those Charles Bronson, you know, (laughs) really let him have it so he doesn't, he doesn't want to mess around with the kingdom of light. We can do that. And how can we be sure? He says, if you're with me, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so trying to get God, in, in trying to get God to be with us, let's not worry about that. Whether he's with us or not, let's concern ourselves. Are we with him? Are we, are we tuned up, tuned in to the heart of God? And today we're going to see, in no uncertain terms, how God's heart can be moved to mighty works through you. We know that many characters in the Bible, here we have this prophet here, and we have this good king that moved the heart of God. There, there are many examples in the scripture we can go to where Jesus would say, I have not seen so great a faith. And um, so we begin with uh, being with, being on God's side, not trying to get on our side, <laughs> but getting on his side, first of all. First things first. And uh, there are statements in the Bible I'll reflect on just a few. Here I am. Send me. Take me, Lord. Take me where you want me to go and let me see who you want me to see. And and let my feet travel the path of righteousness that you've called them to. Let me be in the center of your will, Father, as I surrender all to you. Let me be a vessel that's emptied, that is prepared for the master's purpose. No one wants to go to the cupboard and find, you know, something in it, right? It's supposed to be empty for for your purposes. And so if we want to know the Lord is with us, we have to become emptied of our will and yielded and surrendered to his will. It's just that simple. It's that simple. And it's a good thing it is because I would not be here today if it weren't for the grace of God in filling this clay pot, this this cracked pot, all right? The grace of God 
fills us and enables us. We sang about it today. He makes the weak strong to do the impossible task of storming the gates of hell and watching them fall, <laughs> like Joshua. Joshua saw that. And it was a song of praise that did it. A heart rightly tuned, a heart rightly matched to the heart of God. We know Jonah didn't have it. <laughs> he didn't have it. When the, the men of Nineveh were so creative, and well, let's proclaim a fast. They hadn't been told proclaim a fast. They just thought it up of themselves. Let's wear sackcloth. Let's even have the beast go without. Who can tell whether God may turn and, and change his mind of the evil that Jonah said that he's going to do? Not a merciful message. Yet 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. No promises, no conditions, no expectations, no guarantees, but instinctively knowing that if we turn and we really repent, who can tell what a God of mercy will do? And so this repentance of the, the men of Nineveh moved the heart of God and said, I'm not going to do what I said I'm going to do. It caused the wrath of God to subside. And it moved the heart of God toward the wicked, sinful sinners of Nineveh. And God was with them. From that point, God was with them. Now, there's many points in history today, and we want to think today if we can reflect a little bit about our particular moment where God moved toward us. He moved toward us, and he infilled us. Oh, what a, what a grand moment this is. And he's alive today to do it, He's alive today to do it again. Looking back down in Second Chronicles, the prophet, right? The Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. Now, this is a promise of God that if we earnestly seek and I simply pray, Lord, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking to receive everything that you have for me, and I'm seeking for you to accomplish everything in me that you wish to accomplish. And this will move for certain the heart of God because it's what we call a spirit of repentance. You cannot remove repentance from faith or faith from repentance. They, they, they go together. There could be no real genuine believing without a repentant heart. And there can be no repentant heart without a genuine faith. So they go together. And they are the key that unlocks the window, the, the doors of heaven, the windows of heaven. This faith and repentance is what obliterates the work of the devil. You heard of rehab? <laughs> Try repent. <sighs> if you seek me. But if, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. In other words, you can move God's heart one of two ways. 
as Romans says, do you treasure up wrath against the day of wrath? It's one thing to do something wrong, isn't it? To sin. This displeases God. But to take an attitude of being unrepentant? He says, Romans 2 says, don't you know the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Would you despise his long-suffering, his forbearance, not knowing the goodness of God is leading you to repentance? Because it's his will, his desire to pour out a blessing upon you. He wants to pour out a blessing upon you in, in ways that you can't even shoulder or contain, and he'll do it. He'll do it. It's his desire to do it. He loves to do it. He wants to do it. He's just waiting for us to turn the key of faith. As uh, the uh, book of Galatians says, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, listed right there with gentleness and kindness, faith. Faith. And there can be no faith without a repentant heart. So, when you do something wrong, that makes God angry. But when you are unrepentant about it, that doubles it. That doubles it. That, that cinches the deal of the devil being able to move in in your life. And that's what unrepentance will do. It opens up the doorway of the demonic. These principalities and these powers but repentance the bible says cast down every imagination right bringing down imaginations and evil uh, thoughts come falling down the gates of hell crumble at the presence of a sinner repenting before god that's a beautiful thing and the bible says not only that, there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Not only do you move the God, the heart of God toward you in faith and repentance, you move his, his whole disposition of resistance, hardening to you, but you change his heart toward you in this great act. It's called the responsibility of man in receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's the responsibility of God, and we hear about it, and we should hear about it, the cross, and all that Jesus did to sacrifice himself for us. But it's all worthless to you until you put faith in it. And so we see that this will produce in the heart of God, a joy. Just like the, the when the prodigal son returned, right? And had his speech of repentance ready. The father embraced him, kissed him, loved him, and received him. And all the blessings of sonship were returned. He said, I should be made like a hired servant. But all the blessings of sonship were returned to him when he came to himself, the Bible says, and repented. It simply means to have a change of heart about wrongdoing and in relationship to God, to have a change of heart about your sin. What a powerful th thing this is. And can imagine that when you repent, the devil has no resistance. No resistance. 
He's chained. He's bound. He's stopped cold. And he's lost you. He's lost you. Because God has taken you in. He's taken you in. What a powerful thing this is. And so it's important that we be just persons which need no repentance. Is that me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't I need repentance? Because I have it. I have it. We already have it. We found it. Those that say, I never lost it. <laughs> yeah, my friend. They need to lose an impenitent heart is what they need to lose and gain a penitent heart. A broken and contrite spirit he will not despise. God will smile on it. The windows of heaven will open. The powers of hell will come crashing down when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon him with a repentant heart. Hell is changed. It's lost. And now we can redeem our brother. We can go to redeem our brother. And if unless until we're redeemed ourselves, there's no redeeming somebody else. <laughs> Those who are attempting it <laughs> need to be born again before they take up being someone who thinks they can redeem someone else. They can by no means, the scripture says, redeem their brother until they have repented themselves. So back to our second Chronicles. Now for a long season, here's the sad news, verse 3 of Second Chronicles 15. Now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God. Well, let's call that dry. Let's call that hellish, okay? Some people don't have to go to hell, they invite it. They get there a little early. Right? Without the true God? And without a teaching priest? No revelation from the true, true God, because revelation from the true God is a sign that God is favoring you. He's favoring you by speaking to you, by way of revelation, as the New Testament says, that he would grant according to his wisdom and might to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to hear God speak to you and shows his favors upon your life. He's speaking to you. He's guiding you. What a blessing. And to be without it a long time. Well, that's how it was. And without law. Without law. Or those who would say today, I don't even have to go into it. We're going to take the law of God and throw it over our shoulder. We don't need it anymore. We're our own law. We are our own God. And they'll boastfully say, and I'm cool with that. Right? You're not so cool. Boy, this is the kingdom of Israel. Without God, without priest, without revelation, without mercy. And why? Because they were without repentance. They were without faith, which are the keys 
that unlocked the windows of heaven. They were the key to Israel being victorious in war. They were, a, a, they were the, it was the reason for the, the vine and the, and the fig tree bearing, right? It was a reason for the corn and the oil that came was a repentant heart that we have at all times. Well, Jesus sat with the publicans and sinners in Luke chapter 15, and the Pharisees marveled that he did so because they had no interest in sinners. And he told them, my reason for doing it, they're sick. They need a doctor. I've come seeking and saving them, to seek and save them. And anybody that has a seek and save spirit has the Holy Spirit. The Lord, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. What joy? What, what does heaven get excited about? When a thousand repenters sin, is, repent? When a, a thousand sinners repent? Is that what heaven gets excited about? Well, of course. But it says it gets just as excited when one sinner repents. When one sinner repents, a healing occurs in the heart of God. We see this healing depicted in the story of the prodigal son when the father says, my son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. We see the healing in the, in the heart of the prodigal son who was able to receive his father's love again and be assured of his father's love and his sonship again. We see the healing in both sinner and God because Jesus loves sinners and seeks sinners as he was seeking sinful Israel that had nothing, had nothing at all because they didn't have God. Oh, you can think you have everything, but if you don't have a right relationship with God, you have nothing except a fearful judgment and fiery indignation. So repent and believe the gospel. I love the words in the book of Acts. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And this is a command. It's not an option. It's not good advice. This is a command. Believe is a command. And I'm glad that it is. Because if I'm commanded to believe, that means that I may believe. If I'm commanded to come, that means that I may come. And I will come. Repenting before my God. Repentance is something that we are in full possession of because it it is constantly removing what is unclean from our life. A repentant spirit, a believing spirit is constantly removing what is unclean from our life. Some of you have known uh, and have experienced uh, fellowships that we've had at our house I, I just want you to know, though, that the neighbor's cat is very much aware of what's going on. He he gets a sense of body language from Lynn and I. Uh, I'm not joking about this. Uh, he knows, and he hadn't been around in weeks, and we put on a party, and he's right there at the back door. And all I have to do is forget to look through the window of the door and just walk out, and he's in the house just like that. And that's how sin is. <laughs> Crouching at the door. How easily it besets us. Right? It's coming right in. 
And I go and get the broom, and I try to get the cat out. That's what I call personal rehab, trying to get the cat out, okay? Can't get the cat out. And Jonathan, God bless him, showed me the way to get the cat out. He says, animals, when you do this, they think that's an aggressive posture. I'm out of here, okay? And so I thought, I'll try it. I couldn't get the cat out from under the couch. And I went like, did I do that okay? It's so kind of fun to do. And out the cat went. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) when we repent, we're doing this to the cat. Amen? Amen? And it's something, it's a daily experience. It's a constant state of mind and state of heart. There's joy in heaven over one sinner repents more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. I think it's about time the church of God heard who they are. Don't you? Instead of the endless guilting, you don't measure up. You're not good enough yet. But here, the fact that we have been made just persons. And doesn't the Bible say the just shall live by faith? We go from faith to faith, Romans says. And this faith carrying with it repentance. So how is this accomplished? This wonderful thing of repentance, this great fruit of faith. How is it accomplished? Verse 4. Everybody got your seatbelt on? Okay. I don't hear any beepers going off, right? Make sure everybody's got your seatbelt on. Here it is. But when they in their trouble, pause. You know, in music, you have pause. Right, James? Without pause, you don't have music. So we're having a pause right here. Trouble. Uh Uh-oh, there's trouble in River City, and it's mine. And why am I having this trouble? Well, sometimes you're having trouble because of repentance. Sometimes you're having trouble because you're a righteous saint, and the, the devil is troubling you. But not always. Sometimes before you can plant the seed, you have to plow the ground. You have to soften the ground. Now, I'm not going to be praying, Lord, give them trouble. But I will pray this. Lord, do whatever is necessary to produce in them a broken and contrite spirit that they might repent before you because I'm saying this prayer with the most love I could possibly love with. To call someone to repentance and to warn them of what happens if you don't is the most love, the best friendship that you could possibly have for them. And Satan's a liar to tell you, oh, you're not being their friend. You're not being their friend. You're, you're correcting him and warning him and telling him to re- That's not friendly. Are you kidding? The fear of God is your best friend. And so sometimes in trouble, God knows because our nature... There's nothing more unnatural to a man or woman than repentance. What, me change something about myself when I like myself so much? Are you kidding? That's just my personality. I said, he's a jerk. Well, that's just his personality. Yeah, I know. He needs to repent of his personality. So, is it loving 
to call people to repentance? Hallelujah, of course it is. Is it loving to warn people if they don't? It's the best love, the sweetest love. And when you say, I love you, say repent in the same breath. Maybe not. Maybe just work that. Work, work with that. Don't believe everything I say. Okay. You gotta, there's always got to be a filter there. Right? Take the bone out. Keep the good. But isn't it the grace of God to find repentance? Lord, grant us repentance. Lord, grant us grace. Speak from heaven and move your heart toward me as I move in repentance my heart toward you. And it says, when they in their trouble, verse 4, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. So now we're just going to just kind of let that settle. You know, when you, it's, it's late at night and, uh, you know, you're in front of the TV set, you've got a big glass of chocolate milk and a bologna sandwich, okay? You gotta take your time with it, okay? You gotta let it settle. It's announcing our new activity. I'll let that settle in here. And ask yourself this question as we move into testimony time, right? I'm learning things over there at Band of Brothers. <laughs> Especially from Brother Phil, who taught me that to keep my mouth closed is just as valuable and more valuable <laughs> than always opening it. Okay. And I love Brother Phil for that. But I, I'm going to be quiet here. <laughs> and I'm going to ask for us to just take a moment of silence before Lord and ask him, Lord, remind me of sweet surrender and remind me of when you move toward me. And then we're going to take the testimony time of you sharing how that changed your life. We don't want the whole book version, but we want in a couple of minutes, just tell us how Jesus moved into your life and caused this deep change of repentance. Let's let's go before the Lord in prayer and in silence, and then we'll open it up to testimony time. Father, we commit this time of sharing to you as we open up to body life. Where is the life? Where is the life in this body, Father? Let it be expressed now as we come to you in Jesus' name. Amen.